Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Are you concerned about text-to-speech and AI voices? Perhaps you're curious to see where this technology may lead. Few people know this subject more intimately than our guest, Susan Bennett. You may know her better as the original voice of Siri. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you. So wonderful to have you here. I, I can barely believe that this was 10 years ago. Actually, Siri first appeared in 2011. Wow. Yeah, oh, so my goodness. Almost 11 years. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That, that's a time machine for us all. Try to remember a life where there was a time before Siri. It's, exactly. it's pretty hard. Yeah. So while we're on that note, Susan, can you tell us about the day that your voice was heard around the world? I can, because a fellow voice actor emailed me. It was October 4th, 2011. Yes, Siri is a Libra. <laughs> and uh, this friend uh, uh, emailed me and said, hey, we're playing around with this new iPhone app. Isn't this you? And I I just, I was, I said, what? <laughs> and I uh, went on the uh, Apple site and uh, listened to the voice. And I said, yep, that's me. Wow. So... I mean, to have your voice coming out of every iPhone on Earth pretty near, like, that must have just been wild. Like, I'm sure it wasn't just that one friend who called you. There are probably a few others who are like, Susan, like, do you know that your voice is on my phone? Yeah, it was weird. But um, from a from a working voice actor's point of view, it was horrifying because something that big and the voice being that ubiquitous – all over the world in so many different places. Um, and uh, uh, there were three other voices that were um, uh, that came out at the same time. Um, I was the North American voice. There was an Australian voice, British. And I think the fourth one was French. And we were the original voices and we were not paid. Yes, I remember that. And that's part of why we're talking, because I know that AI voice is becoming a, a big deal now. And um, the moment your voice was everywhere, like you clearly weren't thinking it would be everywhere. Um, but this all kind of stemmed from, I think, a voiceover job you had done uh, before in studio. So you tell us about the original work that your the Siri voice came out of. Well, the work was what um, is called IVR recording, interactive voice response. And it was the type of thing that's, that we've had for years and years. It's the kind of thing that you hear when you call up on a call someone and they say, please press one for so-and-so. And, um, and so what they were doing, the, the uh, scripts were, were new because they were, this whole thing, you know, you have to remember that Siri was the very first and uh, the public manifestation of AI, interactive AI. And so all of this was brand new. And um, so when John Briggs is the first male voice in, in, in England, and he was called Daniel, I think, instead of Siri. And uh, he actually talked to Apple and said, well, let's, let's, we'd like to, you know, I'd like to promote and let's we get together on this thing. And they just said, oh, no, 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 we want our voices to be anonymous. And so they were horrified that the four, the four of us who hadn't been paid said, well, let us get something out of this. At least we can promote ourselves. And so, um, yeah, so Apple changed the voices. Oh, wow. And that, okay, so that's why we have so many um, different voices, not just like the original ones, I suppose. Right. And then the ones that came afterwards uh, were paid, um, but they also had NDAs. 
And so that meant that they couldn't ever say who they were. And uh, so, you know, for me, it actually turned out to be a good thing. Once I got used to the idea, it was kind of freaky at first. But it actually turned into a whole new career for me. I mean, I, I do speaker events. Well, you know, before COVID, I did a lot of uh, uh, in, you know, in-person speaker events, um, telling the story about Siri and everything. And it's, it's it, still to this day, people think that she's a robot. So. Oh, goodness. Well, totally not, because you're right here, right in the flesh. We see you and we hear you. Um, I'm just thinking it must um, in some way be a great compliment to know that Steve Jobs um, would have wanted to have you represent, you know, Siri, like his creation, basically, you know, through the iPhone to everybody. Um, you know, that's kind of a side benefit, I guess, of all of this is it's just that that nod of approval. Yeah, I like to think that he he chose the voice because I know he was very involved in the development of Siri, and unfortunately, he left the planet the very day after Siri was um, came out on the iPhone 4s. Oh. And uh, but at least he got to see Siri come to fruition. He got to see his you know his his amazing app come to life. Um, yeah, it was it's a, it was it was very you know like many things in life, many big things in life, it has a giant positive and a giant negative. So, you know, I choose to (laughs) emphasize the positive. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I was just thinking that very first day when um, no doubt after your friend emailed you and said, "Uh, Susan, um, then you probably went and tried to hear your voice for yourself, did you? And and what was that like to to hear yourself? Did you ask yourself questions? Like, did you say Siri? Like, you know, like, was it weird? Well, you know, it it was the... It was brand new on the iPhone 4S. I had an iPhone 4. And my husband actually ran out and got a 4S just to check it out and everything. But I was never able to use Siri because it was just too creepy. (laughs) (laughs) I I was used to hearing my voice on radio and TV commercials and things like that, you know, uh, documentaries or films or, you know, things like that. But to have my voice coming out of this, this miniature computer phone was just too weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine that would just be like, wow, I, I don't know. And I'm sure like any of your family members would be like, oh, my goodness, like it would have been weird for them, too. Like anyone who knew you personally had this like, wait a minute, that that's definitely Susan. And, and I don't know. But that is wild. And I know that you did the IVR work before and that turned into the Siri voice without you right. knowing it would. And um, but knowing what you know now about this sort of work and, and how something like that might happen, um, how do you advise or, or do you, would you advise other voice actors to approach this work differently? You know, at, at the time, it was like the very beginning of all this. And I was encouraged by um, a company that I've worked for for decades. Um, I was uh, told that, and I said, well, these are, scripts are rather unusual. And they said, yeah, yeah. But it's basically just uh, generic phone messaging. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you could call Siri a phone. You know, very, very sophisticated, <laughs> technologically marvelous phone. <laughs> um, and so I think that I, I was somewhat misled. But on the other hand, being uh, this is another a lesson for voice actors is that, um, you know, I, it, it meant a lot of work and I love to work. And so I thought, oh, this is great. You know, the whole month of July of 2005, four hours a day, five days a week, I had a job. That's right. <laughs> we know all of us freelancers and anyone else out there who is a freelance person in whatever, you know, capacity, uh, you, you know, if you like to work and you're a freelancer, you just, you know, you try to work as much as you can. 
And uh, so I think if people are much more sophisticated about what it means to do um, IVR recording now and where the things are going to end up. For instance, the IVR recordings that I did ended up in a lot of GPS, GPSs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some that, you know, people will call me, oh, well, I heard you, you're on the set. <laughs> and I said, well, I said hello. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's cute. You know, you, you've got to have a sense of humor about these things or else you would just really, really be upset. So <laughs> um, I don't, you know, it was so many years ago that I did these recordings. As I said, the initial recordings were done in 2005. And that's, you know, that's, you know, that's 15, 16 years ago. And so, well, so no, more than that. Um and so, you know, I think that when you're, if you're going to do IVR recordings, you need to have a very explicit contract about, you know, make sure you know what you're getting into. Because there, you know, if you just kind of jump into it and go, oh boy, this is fun. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're hearing your voice everywhere. So. Yeah. And that's happened in our industry even recently. I know with Bev standing and TikTok, um, that was something that did come up where her voice was used in a way that she didn't know it would. And, and it was a different situation than what happened with you. And, and perhaps oh, right, in, because she yeah. was specifically doing a translation of something that mm-hmm. was something very specific. And they just kind of stole her voice from that translation. So the people that that used my voice, basically, you know, uh, in unknowingly, I had kind of sold my voice to nuance. And uh, that's where everybody goes to get their voices. And I guess mine was a popular voice because you can't escape me. <laughs> no, we can't. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, of which, you know, um, I'm sure everyone here would just love to hear you do Siri. Is is there like a, a phrase that you, you say when someone asks you, oh, can can you like go and do Siri for us? I'd be happy to, to do Siri for you if you will just leave me alone. Oh, very good. <laughs> Yeah, see, the original voice was very snarky. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, what, that's why one of the reasons I think people would just talk to her just to hear what she would say. Yes, Because yes. she was programmed to be kind of edgy, you know. And the very first time I spoke to Siri, I said, um, Hi, Siri, what are you doing? And she very disgustedly answered, I'm talking to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man, that that would be like you talking to yourself, but yeah. clearly like it's Siri. And and, um, and that's one of the things I, I know is very different about a real human voice and voice actor versus the uh, synthetic voice is that you have feelings and emotions and, and you have like a whole life you've lived and experiences and, and you can take into account factors that AI never could. And so like, you know, it's it's really, really strange to see this technology getting better and better all the time. But I think at its core, like it, it will never replace the human voice. There's just too much that is intrinsically unique and special about it. I would like to think that. Um, I, but I'll tell you what, if you listen to the original Siri voice, you know, she was still a tiny bit robotic. She was she was the best of what that was at that period of time. But you can still hear little bumps. And even now, as you say, um, they don't always get the, it, to me, it's the rhythm. They don't get the rhythm of the voice. You know, because we speak, we don't, we don't just speak like this and talk like this and answer questions and, you know, and we go up and down and we, you know, loud and soft and, and, but to me, it's, it's the rhythm that they never get sometimes. And, and sometimes they won't get the emphasis right or the intonation, like, you know, the, the virtual assistant will say, um, I went to the store. (laughs) 
Uh, well, did you or <laughs> a little you non-committal? Yeah. I went, instead of I went to the store. Yeah. I went to the store. <laughs> the store. <laughs> the store. And, so, and then it drops. Yeah, there off. are a lot of subtleties in in language and in speech and in the voice. And uh, I don't know if they'll ever get it a hundred percent, but they're they're going to get very very close. I can tell you that because yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. It is. It is. And it, it's wild. And I know that um, this conversation with you is just one of many that we're starting to have with people about the AI conversation, about voice and how it's used. And uh, just an interesting time. And in just in a recent episode, actually, this podcast, it was said that technology always wins, you know, like whether it's, I don't know, just anything, the like technology is going to win. Now, if that's the case, Susan, how can voice actors take advantage of what's happening with this technology? I have absolutely no idea. I really don't. Um, I guess that, you know, what you can do is just make yourself as versatile as possible and uh, create as many voices for yourself that you can, that you can, the sounds that you can make and the voices that you can, you know, present. Um, otherwise, I really don't know. I mean, it's a, the, <laughs> It, there's, you know, the future, uh, as far as AI goes, is just a big, giant question mark, and especially how it's, how it's going to affect all of us in some way, not just voice, voice actors. Yes, and, and the all of us is important because there's people who, you know, will be out of jobs who aren't just voice people, you know, because of the automation of the technology and, yeah. and the different things that they can do. But there will also be new skills that, that come about. So one that I was thinking about was how uh, someone will need to have the skill to manipulate the, uh, you know, the AI voice. They'll need to give it direction. They'll need to know where the inflection points are or to make it, you know, strongly this emotion or it's medium level or low or it's, it's just going to be a whole new skill set that audio engineers potentially or talent mm -hmm. um, could learn to develop and, and just do work in that way because maybe someone's like, well, this is our AI voice that we have for our company and we want to make videos or who knows what or our phone system, but we want it to sound more natural. Can you go and manipulate these waveforms and, and do that? Like, who knows? Like, that's definitely something that is possible. There's various companies out there. Uh, I know um, Synantic is one, um, and they help Bill Kilmer get his voice back. And, and so, like, there's just any number of these different softwares uh, that are available to people. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see and see what happens with all yeah, of this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the possibilities, I think, are, are endless um, because, you know, technology is just... Uh, you know, it, I at my age, I've, I've, you know, I've when I was a little kid, I actually had a telephone. I mean, a big hunky black telephone with a dial, yeah. and I do remember. <laughs> I mean, I was really, really young, but I do remember when you'd have to pick up the receiver and talk to an operator. Yes, and have oh. that person place your, you know, so it's and then you see what it's evolved into in just well, you know, a few decades. And so I can't, you know, and, and technology is, is just in, in improving so amazingly fast, you know, that it's really, really hard to say where we'll be even in 10 years with all of this. And it's already difficult for voice actors now. Uh, technology has really changed the voice business because in the past, there was a beautiful structure. Most, you know, most of us that came from acting and other things, uh, you we were already members of AFTRA and SAG. Um, they joined at SAG-AFTRA now. And when you did a job, it went through the union, it went through your agent, and it was all very structured, and you got paid well, and then if they bought it again, you got paid again. And it was just all very 
it was much more equitable than it is now. Because what's happened with technology, technology has made all of the amateurs viable as well. Um, as long as you have a smartphone, some sort of mixer, a good microphone, and a closet, you have a studio. And so this has made a lot of a lot of people who aren't professional, who haven't studied, who haven't you know act, acted or or done a lot of the things that it, that make being a good voice out over a good voice actor um, good <laughs> and successful. And so you know, there's so much competition. Just just um, an example. Uh, I have a good friend, um, Tony Masano, who is a wonderful person, excellent voice actor. He also works at a um, as an art director in an, uh, an ad agency. And we were talking about the competition thing because he and I have done voiceover for decades. And he said, well, I'll tell you where it is right now. I was doing, um, we had an audition for a little commercial that was going to run in Alabama for four weeks and it was going to pay it was non-union it was going to pay $150 and he said would you care to guess how many people auditioned for this spot and I, I thought I was just giving an outrageous number I said a hundred he said try 300 so you know that the client producer or whoever is not going to listen to all of those. I, I don't know how, I don't, the audition process is really strange right now. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to get around it. So, yeah, I think like, just like when um, we talked about technology and platforms, uh, some platforms find ways to help talent better position. Like if you were more skilled potentially to, to answer a job, and of course it's taking into account what's on someone's profile, um, then you'll have a higher score potentially for, for what that would be. Um, but you're right. Like in a lot of voice technology has leveled the playing field. So anyone with some kind of a studio setup, you know, it doesn't have to be um, the amazing, like I remember studio setups from the 80s, 90s, before that, you're spending like tens of thousands of dollars on yeah. your recording studio. And and these were like, you know, that, that was the standard and absolutely, and even ways of delivering that audio has changed. So it's not ISDN exactly. anymore. Like here we are today on Riverside.fm doing this. And, you know, we're not on ISDN. We're not using Source Connect. We're not, you know, not that that isn't a great tool. It's just what we happen to have here. Uh, but you know, it's it's really interesting how things can change. And also, but what, one thing that doesn't change, Susan, is that the cream always rises to the top. Talent is something I think and do believe that is what gets people heard. And certainly, you know, it's their work ethic and it's the effort and the training that people go through and the, the investment in their studio that can actually keep that, um, you know, success. Maybe it's, oh, I just booked this. Like, well, what can you keep booking? You know, are you a great person to work with? Do you have a reliable studio, a good um, training background? It's those people who are actually going to do very well in this new um, kind of world of the online. I remember Don LaFontaine was the very first to to basically allow for home studios to be normal, you know, because everyone's right. like, come on, Don, like you make them do ISDN from your house, right? And, and but now it's it's kind of like, well, there's a new sort of way of, of how that might work. But but just like I think there's great opportunity for people who never um, were in the industry before who are looking at it now, especially post-pandemic and during pandemic, that maybe they were always on the other side of the glass and they thought, well, people always told me I had a great voice. It's kind of what happened with Don too, right? He was the copywriter. One day someone didn't show up and they asked him if he wouldn't mind voicing the spot. That's how I got into voiceover. Is it? Yeah, oh I goodness. was a single singer. 
I was a jingle singer, and we had done a, a commercial, and uh, the voice actor didn't show up for some reason. So the studio owner said, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come ah. over here and read this copy. And I went, oh, ding, 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 I can do this. So I got a voice coach and then a talent agent, and, and uh, that's what started everything. But I think you're right. I think that that it is important to be good. It is important to have skills. Um, those things are still important. The, the sound of your voice, it's great if you have this beautiful, mellifluous voice. But if you can't act, a lot of voice, voice out acting is acting. You know, it's not just um, speaking a sentence. And, of course, one of the things that the, the amateurs do have in their, in their favor is that the trend still, and has been for a while now, the, the natural sound. When it comes down to working with engineers and working with studio people, it's always going to be to your benefit to be agreeable, to be pleasant, to be easy to work with, and to be good at what you do, meaning you're not going to take, you know, it's not going to require five to ten takes for you to do what they want you to do. I remember when I first started with um, the Alpharetta studio we're talking about, I had to read whole paragraphs without making a mistake mm -hmm. because it was the recording was on tape. Oh, and it was my just, goodness. It was just too, um, you know, not cost effective enough to have just these reams and reams of tape and, and waiting, you know, and having to go through all these to, to get the right one. So they had to, you know, those are the people that got the work of the people that could read a whole paragraph without, you know, making a mistake or, um, you know, just mispronouncing something or whatever. Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. why you get hired. And I think that's still why certain people get hired today is because they're reliable, dependable. They've proven they can do it. Uh, and yeah, to have great speaking skills and to understand what it is that you're saying. I know that a lot of talent sometimes will go into an autopilot mode of just auditioning, boom, 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 get them done. But it's like, no, you, you've got to bring something more to the copy. You have to like bring, make it come alive, relate to it in some way and remember who that audience is. What you're doing is is selling. You're selling something. You know, you're selling a product. And, you know, yeah, you got to interest the audience in, in, uh, in what you're presenting. Yeah. So all of that said, um, what are the concerns you have about where this technology is going? We've talked about how it could get better and better. But do you see a day where, um, I don't want to say a robot, but where a, a voice that is not a living, breathing person in front of a microphone is actually chosen over someone who is capable of doing that voice over the recording. Well, I hate to think that it's a possibility, but I'm, I'm, I guess it is. You know, I mean, it's a, just seeing the advances that they've made in voice technology in the past five years, even um, just just evening out the sound of, of the robot voices, the AI voices. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's. It's not really a concern for me at this point because I've embraced my inner Siri and most of what I'm doing now <laughs> is, uh, you know, Siri presentations and speaker events and things like that. So I'm not, I'm not in that, um, you know, competing for, for uh, voice, you know, commercials anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's not something I, I really think about too much or worry about too much. But you know, it is a possibility, but, you know, there, there, will, there will be great changes and then there'll be a little bit of a, you know, um, a transition period and then things will settle down. And then, you know, basically it comes down to, as you say, the same basic things that humans want. They want to get along, you know, they want a good job done, you know, and, and those things, you know. So if you really, you know, I think for all voice actors, the, the main thing for you to do for yourself is to get good at what you do. Mm -hmm. 
lot, a lot of different aspects of voiceover too. That's the interesting thing about voiceover too. There are so many different types of voiceover. I mean, you can just be a, just a straight announcer. You can be a cartoon voice or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun in my career. So. Oh, yes. No, it's wonderful. I remember when all of this happened. I, I, we were all watching with bated breath. And then you started doing these interviews. And, and clearly, like, there's a story. And, and people love hearing stories. And, and I'm so glad mm-hmm. that we got to hear some of your story here today. So from your perspective, Susan, what has been the best part of being the original voice of Siri? Well, um, I think a lot of it was, um, I think that it was a life lesson for me because I'm kind of an introvert, kind of a private person. And so it took me a very long time to reveal myself as the voice. And so it was a challenge for me. And when I finally did that, it's, and when I, you know, really embraced what was happening, um, all of a sudden, which which happens a lot, if you're afraid to do something or you're not, you don't think you're good enough to do something, and if you just go ahead and take that leap of faith, it's just amazing that the universe will uh, have your back. And that's what happened to me. It just once I made that decision, that everything just opened up. I did all kinds of TV interviews, which were a lot of fun. Met a lot of interesting people. Did the top ten list for David Letterman. Oh wow! And, what you did? You, you know, did the top ten list for David Letterman? I did. Oh my gosh. I did. And, um, and, but I think a lot of it, uh, too, was the fact that, uh, that it did turn into a whole new job for me. And interestingly enough, it was Steve Wozniak, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Jobs' partner and the guy that actually built those amazing machines. Uh, he's a, a keynote speaker. And I met him at a tech conference and he called me up on stage and we worked together for a few minutes. And afterwards he said, you need to do this. He said, you're so comfortable on stage as well. I'm a singer. I've been an actor. And, um, and so I did, I went home and I said, well, I went home and wrote a presentation and, and, uh, just jumped into it. So, and that was a brand new thing. I never, if, if I, anyone told me like 12 years ago that I would be doing that, I'd say, no, no, not me. <laughs> so, yeah. So here's another thing where don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. Yes, don't limit yourself. And especially if, if Waz tells you that you should go and create, exactly. you know, these presentations. How could you not do what Waz tells you to uh, well, do? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure with some, sometimes you might not. But, but like just the very thought that someone of that um, influence level would say to you, you know what, I think you've got something here and you have a real story. And and clearly he believed in what you were doing because um, as he's a big part of, of Apple Computer and all that they were doing. But I just, I think like that's amazing. You you really don't know where your life will go or what one decision, it leads to another decision and these opportunities. And, and like, because as you said before um, we got going here, that like to be the voice of Siri, like if someone had probably told you that you would be the voice of Siri and everyone would know your voice print everywhere, the whole world. Like, it's just like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, are you for sure? Like you, this is going to happen. But um, it just goes to show you that, that anything is possible. It, yes. <laughs> I think that's, that's a given. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so Susan, like this is amazing. Obviously anything is possible as we just said. Uh, and so for anyone who wants to hear more about your story and just, uh, you know, understanding what you do and, and possibly even book you to talk about your, you know, being the voice of Siri, because obviously you're, you're doing that too. Where can they go to learn more? Well, there's a lot of information just on my website, which is Susan C. Bennett. 
com and Bennett is two N's and two T's. And um, and also, if any kind of booking should go through my agents uh, at Vox, Inc., uh, Wes Stevens and Tom Lawless, and you can find them online. Um, yeah, but I'm, I, I really, part of what I'm trying to do, uh, having been the voice of Siri, uh, is to encourage people. And, you know, anytime I can do that, and, and help in any way, like, you know, I, anytime I can answer questions for people, I'm happy to do it. That's why I do end up doing a lot of podcasts. Oh, yeah. Well, your, yeah. your um, perspective and insight is so greatly appreciated. So um, for everybody, I think I can say it for everyone here and everyone who's listening. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining us today on Vox Talk. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for listening to Vox Talk and for walking with us on your voiceover journey. Thank you also to the inimitable Susan Bennett for giving us a front row seat to the day that changed her life, nearly everyone else's lives, and the world of voiceover forever. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and discuss this episode online using the hashtag voiceover. For Voices, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Fox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner. On behalf of the team at Voices, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.